This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Liars, frauds, hate-filled, sickos, traitors, losers, weirdos. The defining characteristics <laughs> of MAGA were on full display this holiday weekend. We'll discuss. Donald Trump made a number of disgusting and dangerous statements over the holiday weekend, spreading conspiracy theories, attempting to encourage more insurrections, threatening special counsel Jack Smith and his family and friends, and attacking his own FBI and Department of Justice from 2020. Traitors. The MAGA extremist loser candidate for governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake, lost her frivolous election lawsuit this weekend trying to overturn the results of the Arizona governor's race. And now the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and governor-elect Katie Hobbs are seeking over $700,000 in sanctions against Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake's response, well, she accused the Republican judge assigned to the case of allowing left-wing lawyers like Mark Elias to ghostwrite the judicial opinion. Completely and utterly insane and dangerous. Losers. MAGA Republican Congressman-elect George Santos from Long Island, where me and my brothers grew up from Long Island, New York, who was exposed last week for lying about his entire biography during his congressional race. I mean, his college, his job, lying that he was Jewish, lying that his grandparents were Holocaust survivors, lying that his mom was in the South Tower on 9-11, lying that he owned properties, lying that he had employees and that the employees were in the Pulse nightclub shooting, lying about his charity, like literally lying about everything. Well, Santos, if that's even his name, has now admitted that he lied about everything, but he says he's not going to resign because he's a Republican and the people who elected him don't care about it. We will discuss total frauds. Texas Governor Greg Abbott trafficked over 100 asylum seekers on buses this weekend and dumped them on the streets in front of Vice President Harris's residence in freezing weather in Washington, D.C., in what has become an ongoing performative torture ritual that MAGA Republicans take great pleasure and delight in seeing the human suffering and pain. Hate filled sickos. And Jair Bolsonaro has announced he's going to skip the inauguration in Brazil of Lula da Silva, and he's going to hide out in the wannabe fascist decrepit loser halls of Mar-a-Lago. This and more on the Midas Touch podcast. We hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday weekend. We hope everyone is doing okay with the freezing weather across the country. Our hearts go out to you, Brett and Jordy. How are you doing? You know, I, I felt like I've been having a normal one, like a normal holiday, normal Hanukkah, normal Christmas, 
spending it with family, spending it, you know, watching movies, spending it, you know, doing normal things. And then you read that list of what the Republican Party has been up to over the past few days, what they decided to do this holiday season. And it is just so incredibly despicable. It is so incredibly disgusting and bizarre. It really just shows you that this party right now is completely flailing. They are in complete disarray and they are taking out their disarray on the American people. I mean, I don't know how you could not look at those stories that you just read and not say they are literally taking the fight, not for the American people, but they're taking the fight to the American people and they're trying to cause as much harm as possible. I, for one, am happy to be a part of the pro-normal coalition, the (laughs) pro-democracy coalition here that's fighting for normalcy in our lives, that's fighting for honest, actual family values that's fighting for actual improvements and progress in this country. And I've just been, you know, it's been wild to follow the news, but, you know, I feel very grateful this holiday for the Midas Mighty. I feel very grateful for you too. Jordy, how are you feeling today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I almost feel like taking the fight at the American party is, is, is framing it almost a nice way. They're taking the fight to the American party. Or did I flip that? Did you say at and I said to? I think you mean the American people? I honestly don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this would be this would ordinarily be one of the parts of the show where I say, hey, let's start over and then let's re-record this. And because we do the shows live now, we can't do that. So we're just gonna roll I with it. I would definitely roll um, with this. So, Santos lunatic. I, I, I couldn't maybe agree with you. <laughs> I maybe agree with you. I maybe don't agree with you. I, I think I agree with you, Jordan. But if you want to compare the difference between kind of to Brett's point, the pro-normal, the pro-normalcy versus the, the, what we're seeing in MAGA right now. I mean, just look at what President Biden posted uh, over the weekend. And this is what like kind of used to take place. Like this should be fairly normal stuff, but this is like, wow, oh my God. Like we have a leader who actually (laughs) says normal things. So one of the first things that President Biden posted this weekend is he goes, there is a certain stillness at the center of the Christmas story, a silent night when all the world goes quiet and all the clamor, everything that divides us fades away in the stillness of a winter's evening. I wish you that peace this Christmas Eve. And then President Biden also posted another message where he goes, this Christmas season, my hope is that we take a few moments of quiet reflection to really look at one another, not as Democrats or Republicans, but as those who we really are fellow Americans, a message uniting the country, a message bringing people together. And then you compare it to literally the message that Trump put on his social media platform at the same time where he goes, Merry Christmas to everyone, all in caps, including the radical left Marxists that are trying to destroy our country, the Federal Bureau of Investigation that is illegally coercing and paying social and lamestream media to push for a mentally disabled Democrat over the brilliant, clairvoyant, and USA-loving Donald J. Trump. And of course, wait, wait, the wait. Pause, 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 pause. Clairvoyant? <laughs> did, 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 
did Donald Trump just call himself clairvoyant? And I don't want to skip over that part, but we'll, we'll go back to it. But sorry, continue reading. And, oh, equally as bad as USA Loving, the biggest traitor in the world. And of course, the Department of Injustice, which appointed a special prosecutor who, together with his wife and family, hates Trump more than any other person on earth. Love to all. I mean, what a despicable traitor this is right here. I mean, literally every word, despicable and disgusting. And by the way, he didn't just stop there. He posted like a number of other things like that, like right after, like, and after that he goes, the radical left Democrats have weaponized the criminal justice system at a level never seen before in the USA with no borders and crooked elections. Our country is in third world trouble, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then he goes on to encourage um, the overthrowing of our democracy again. The vice president did indeed have the power to send electoral votes back to state legislatures for reapproval, despite the constant drum from Democrats and rhinos that he absolutely did not. I mean, these are the messages that he's posting. Meanwhile, you have Biden posting what we just talked about. Biden also posted a photo of uh, him and the first lady, Jill Biden, decorating the Christmas tree. Um, a beautiful photo there. There's also a photo of them spending the day at the cardiac intensive care unit at the Children's National Hospital. Um, the photo you're looking at now for those watching on YouTube is 10-month-old Bella, who has been in the cardiac intensive care her entire life while her care team is working very hard to get her back home soon. And President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden spent the day in the cardiac intensive care unit with families who were having a very, very, very difficult Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, could the contrast be any clearer, Brett? I mean, no, you have a normal person, then you have a deranged lunatic. And, you know, I, th I don't know if this happens to you. When I read those Trump statements, and this happened to me back when he was on Twitter as well, like they're all so similar in the way he uh, capitalizes things and th says the same words over and over. Like at a certain point, my brain just tunes it out. Like I honestly, I don't even know what he's saying. And I've said this about the MAGA kind of people in general. It's like, I know there are English words there. But it's it's very difficult for me to understand even what he's saying most of the time. It's like maglish, maglish, or something. It's its own it's its own thing. Is all I'm saying. I have no idea what he's talking about. He calls himself clairvoyant. If you're clairvoyant, then you probably should have seen that you were going to lose the election, buddy, um, and lose it bad. And then you have President Biden. And I also wanted to just pause on some of these photos of Biden and and talk about some of the other things that I've noticed when when I, when you see Biden in these scenarios, because these are where I think you really see hu his humility and his humanity. B Biden dealing with others to me is President Biden at his best. It's where he really shines. And I'm going to pull up a picture of President Biden with the other doctors at the Children's Hospital. And I want you to notice how President Biden doesn't make himself, he doesn't put himself in the center of the photo. He's not standing like arms outstretched trying to make himself big. President Biden is kneeling down in the front, letting other people take the attention of the photo. And I think that also provides a contrast to the narcissist in chief in Donald Trump. When you have President Biden, who is like the, whatever the opposite of that would be. The, the the humble man in chief um, who actually likes to seed the ground. And you see this also, we saw this last week when he was getting that gift from Ukrainian President Zelensky. And he was like, oh, this is so undeserving. Thank you. He took the person's name down of who gave the award to Zelensky to give to Biden so that he could give him a call and contact him. And that humility, I think, and, and empathy 
is something that we're really missing in leaders in general across the country. And that's why I think, you know, you could talk about Biden all you want. You got to at least admit that he's a good guy. And I would like more just good people in government to actually care about others rather than that radical, deranged maniac, whatever the hell was coming out of that statement that you read. Jordy? Preach big, bro. Absolutely. This story, I feel like this episode is just going to be like one big Banana Republic Rorschach test. Like, Just ask yourself, like, which, which one of these two people, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, like, better reflects your beliefs of, of what you want America to aspire to be? And I know I say this word a lot on the show, but it's only because it's true. It, it's sad. It's sad that I could ask that question sort of in jest and then genuinely get back from about 32% of the American population, that they actually prefer the delusional and utterly unhinged Trump posts and Trump statements. Well, you know, the the thing is, is that when you have an entire political party injecting disinformation in the veins of people every single day and using very large and powerful platforms like Fox and like all these other right wing media to spread this disinformation to basically make Democrats and pro-democracy, the pro-democracy coalition feel and act like the most evil thing that exists because that's what's spewed every single day from these right-wing extremist media and they bolster these statements, you have a real big problem there that could only be confronted with media that tells the truth, media that combats it, and large media networks have not been able to do um, anywhere near the job they need to do, either recklessly, negligently, or intentionally. I'll let you take the pick of which one and which reason large media networks have not confronted it. I think it's probably more intentional and reckless, if I'm being 100% candid, but it's 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 a real big problem, Jordy. To your point, when you take Take apart Donald Trump's statement here when he goes, the Federal Bureau of Investigation that is illegally coercing and paying social and lamestream media, when you take away, as you say, Brett, the MAGA-ish language of whatever it is, I mean, this was Trump was the government at this time period. You know, he was the president in 2020. Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, was appointed by Donald Trump. Bill Barr, who ran the Department of Justice, was appointed by Donald Trump. Bill Barr and Christopher Wray covered up a lot of Donald Trump's crimes for him. They just weren't willing to say, oh, the secret satellites from the bunker in Italy sent algorithmic projections to Hugo Chavez's soul in Venezuela, which changed the results in Dominion. And then and then in China, you had the bamboo that was imported so that there could be, you know, fake uh, backup, you know, num I mean, they weren't willing to go there. That's where Bill Barr and Christopher Ray drew the line and said it was quote unquote batshit crazy. Is the ex that was the line that Trump's White House lawyers were not willing to cross that one line. And therefore, they're now Democrats. They're now rhinos or Democrats. We don't take Bill Barr as a Democrat. We don't take Mitch McConnell as a Democrat. And you saw today, you know, one of his new thing, he calls the omnibus spending bill because he thinks he's so clever. He goes, it's the ominous 
the ominous spending bill, and he goes after uh, Mitch McConnell. He gives he's... all of these racist, xenophobic terms for Mitch McConnell's wife and then links her to COVID. Like it's the most deranged and disgusting posts he's making he's making today, too. And which is why to the Republican Party, and we've said this before, you can't appease someone like that. The way you have to deal with someone like that is just defeat them is stand up and you crush them in the court of law. You bring justice to them. You hold them accountable. You don't give them an inch. If you give them an inch, they take your neck because all of those things I discussed, fraud, liars, traitors, they want to destroy our country, MAGA. And when you accurately reflect that, that their goal is to destroy America, to turn America into a satellite nation of Putin, by the way, because all that Russian money's flowing right into that MAGA party, that's what their goal is. And we've gone back to this before, Jordy, Occam's razor, sometimes the easiest explanation is the answer. Brett or Jordy? Spot on, Benjamin. I'm curious to hear Jordy's thoughts on this one. No, no, it's it, it's an excellent point. Um, I got my thoughts out on the previous one, B. I'm going to kick this one back to you. Oh, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. So do we go into do we go into George Santos right now? Because that, I think we do. Because this break, story, is kind of breaking. this is kind of breaking news. And and I, I just want to say up front for those who maybe missed the couple episodes or who forgot the George Santos fraud con artist story is one that is especially meaningful to us. Why is it especially meaningful to us? Well, first off, any sort of this government corruption is obviously of importance to us. But this especially hits home for this one reason. It's that George Santos was elected to represent our hometown district, New York's third congressional district, our hometown where the three of us grew up. So this hits home. And I am I interned in that district when I my first year of college. Steve Israel. So the huh? third actually you before all the redistricting used to actually be the second and the third were kind of one. So I that district used to be held by Congressman Steve Israel, who actually led the DCCC when I worked for Congressman Steve Israel. Congressman Steve Israel retired and then you had Tom Swazi, a Democrat, hold the seat. Tom Swazi challenged Kathy Hochul uh, in 2022, leaving that seat vacant. And it was a race between this guy Santos and a guy named Zimmerman, who was the Democratic candidate. And you know, no one really thought you know it was Long Island. The seat was a, seemed to be a pretty safe. Uh, seat for Democrats. But then you had Santos make all of these lies, you know, and one of the lies too, when you know about the second or now the third congressional district, it is largely a Jewish district. So it actually makes his lie faking his religion and faking that his grandparents were Holocaust survivors. That's why he lied and said that he was Jewish, so that he could appeal to the large Jewish population. And then he said that he's half Jewish, and I think he's half Catholic. He's no Jewish. And in fact, he's, uh, so So we'll, we'll go into what he's now admit. He What he now claims is that he said, I didn't say I'm Jewish. I said I'm Jew-ish. 
I-S-H, because I heard stories about Judaism growing up. My grandparents would tell me stories about Jewish people. So I yeah. would say I'm Jewish, basically. That, that's, that, that, that's, that's unbelievable. And let me just say, like that that is the kind of joke that somebody who is Jewish would make if they're not maybe super religious. They'd be like, you know, I'm I I I, I am Jewish, but you know, I'm Jewish. I don't I don't exactly go to temple every week, you know, I'm Jewish. Like I've heard plenty of Jewish people make that joke. Having somebody who stated that their grandparents fled the Holocaust use that as their excuse for lying about that is one of the most single, disgusting, despicable things that I have ever heard. And this guy lied about everything. everything. You know, he 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 tries in this piece. He he tries to kind of you know be, be like, ah, oh, you know, I embellished, embellished. my resume. I just embellish. You know, like everyone does. Who hasn't you know said their GPA was a little higher on their resume? You know what I'm saying? When meanwhile, the guy lied about like horrific things. He lied that he had an animal rescue charity that didn't exist. He lied that he was a landlord. Not true at all. He lied no, that he was not a landlord. Work. He was evicted twice, 2015 and 2017 <laughs> for not paying his rent. He had no money. All of a sudden he comes into all of this money in 2021 where he's making like $1.75 million, $750,000 in salary, a million dollars in dividends. He's loaning his campaign $700,000. And this is someone who on his last congressional uh, form that he had to fill out said that he was making $50,000 in 2020. So all of a sudden in 2022, he's making $1.75 million. He claims he has no clients, yet the line of business that he claims he's in is capital introduction consulting work, where he's a liaison between investment funds and investors, where you have to ostensibly have a client who's paying you. He lists If you're making that kind of money, uh, of course. Unless you're you need doing a client. Nothing. You need a client, one, at least one, right? And he, he named zero. And then we, as we spoke about it last time, first up, he's also used like a bunch of different aliases throughout his time in public fake life. All the, just fake names made up. So he used to go by George DeVolder. Then he went by George DeVolder Santos. He went by some other names. And it's already been reported that there was this guy, his name was Andrew Intrader. He was the bag man, the money man to this Russian oligarch, Victor Vexelberg. He gave $56,100 at least to committees tied to Santos. So we know that this Russian money is being funneled to Santos in the first place. And as Jordy said last episode, you know, he 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 conjures these stories that are also intended to evoke sympathy from people. And I think mm-hmm. like like Ben so astutely put it, you know, he 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 said he was Jewish and that his grandparents escaped the Holocaust. He why did he say that? Because he was in a Jewish district where that vote was important to him. Something else that is on New Yorkers' minds that is a a trauma point for New Yorkers where there is great sympathy for 9-11. So what did he say? He said that his mother was in the South Tower on 9-11. He said that that resulted in her later death. Both lies right there. Like it's everything is just so also like the things that he picks are just bottom of the barrel, fraud, disgusting. And of course, right now in the Republican Party, do they say, you know what? You lied. There is possible fraud that has been committed here. You should step down. We should have a special election to have an honest person 
lead this district, represent this district? Absolutely not. He says that he intends to finish out his district, uh, finish out his term in this district. Oh, you know, it's just a mistake. I just embellished a little bit. I don't know how any voters could accept this. And I, I, I'm, I might catch Ben a little flat-footed here, but I got a little idea. And I'm going to rile up the Midas mighty here. Because Ooh. I know that we have people who are going to pile on Ben here. But like I said, this is our hometown district. This guy is complete and utter fraud by every sense of it. I know where you're going with this. I like it. Keep going. I'm just saying, as a hometown guy, who would be better to take on Santos if he stays through his term? Who would be better to take him on in two years than Ben Micellis right here. Well, if I, well, I, I appreciate the endorsement from my younger brother, number one. So thank it's you. It's the for key, that, key, key endorsement. Jordy, do you endorse? I, I, I endorse. Two endorsements I, right endorsement. there. Two endorsements. So to, so to do that, I would have to literally move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, ha, I'd have to leave my house in California where I live and move to New York. Uh, that would be, that could cause some issues. Um, I would probably not be able to do Midas Touch anymore. So uh, th- there, there is that. I wouldn't be able to do these podcasts anymore that I Ooh. love and that I've now devoted my life to doing and 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 holding and hosting. I'm just saying the, the comments are all they all want you to do it. I'm just I'm just letting you know you have a base. The comments are definitely pro Ben on this one, but I hope move, they're move, not move. pro Santos after everything we said. <laughs> You guys are just crushing the show. And by the way, Jordan, that was the seat where I interned. You know, that was that was the seat where I worked at. Come really full circle as an intern when I was uh, 19 years old. You could fact check that. Go ask Congressman Israel. I really did. (laughs) 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 It's 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 100% true. But Brett, just some of the other things that he lied about as well. You pulling up the New York Post article? Yeah, I have Um, this whole wacky article. Some of the other things that he lied about as well is that he claims he worked at Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. And now his excuse why – and oh, and they said they went to Baruch College. He admits now that he never went to college, definitely didn't go to Baruch College, never went to any college, and said he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. But now his excuse is that he did capital introductions with companies like Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. And that's why he claimed on his resume that he worked for those companies, which is the, what are you talking about? It's the biggest BS excuse in the world. But the larger issue is not just that he lied about everything. It's a pretty large issue that he lied about everything. But ultimately what he doesn't address here, which is, okay, you've lied about everything. You had no money at all. You were doing GoFundMes to raise money essentially up until 2020. You had no money to your name. Then you run in 2022 and all of a sudden you're making $1.75 million out of nowhere. You're able to loan your campaign $700,000. What that looks like from an outsider who has worked on civil fraud cases is like straw person donations, a way to end run around campaign finance limits and find some way to fund someone without overtly, you know, having money there. And by the way, Santos is one of the biggest, biggest anti-Ukrainian 
future members of Congress right there. You know, he's basically called Zelensky a totalitarian. He does all the Putin talking points. So the question is, where'd you get $1.75 million when your entire freaking life is one big fraud? That's what we need to laser focus on. And Brett, you know, Kevin McCarthy's the kind of person who would put this fraud on the intelligence committee. We'd give him a leadership role on the judiciary committee like Jim Jordan. This is the type of person who not just would stay in Congress as a Republican, would be a leader and get access to our most sensitive documents. Because going back to the point here, Occam's razor, the Republicans genuinely, when you go, well, why would they let the person who wants to destroy America have an intelligence, be on the intelligence committee? Because that's their goal. Their goal is they want to destroy it. <laughs> that's their goal, Brett. And I'll tell you how how much Republicans, and first off, let me just say about McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, to your point earlier about if you do not stand up to Trump, he will eat you alive. You cannot appease this man. Kevin McCarthy is somebody who has appeased this man. And who is Kevin McCarthy today? Kevin McCarthy is a shell of a human being. He is spineless. He is craven. He is cowering. You could see it on his face in every single speech that he gives, that he is just acting and doesn't believe anything he says. He sort of has like this weird possessed like way of speaking. Like the guy is the biggest freaking fraud in the universe. And let me tell you, let me tell you how serious the Republicans are taking this guy. Let me go to what they said about Santos or what was revealed of what they knew about Santos this entire time. The New York Post reports that this is a quote from a senior GOP leadership aide. Quote, as far as questions about George in general, that was always something as in his complete fraud that was brought up whenever we talked about this race. It was a running joke at a certain point. This is the second time he's run and these issues we assumed would be worked out by the voters. So they knew this guy was a fraud. They knew he was lying to voters, lying to the public, and they laughed. They thought it was funny. They, oh, 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 he's lying. Grandparents were there on the Holocaust. <laughs> Hilarious. Not in the Tower of World Trade Center. So funny. This is Santos. Uh, it'll night, work Pulse out. Nightclub lying that employees worked at Pulse Nightclub and they were there on the day of the mass shooting. Oh, yeah, that's just let's just let them lie. Disgusting. What does that what does that even mean that it would be worked out by the voters that like a voter from the district would do some, you know, research on this guy and dig into his Basically, past? Basically, Jordy, you know, and- it's like the it's like. FTX, right? Think about the fraud going, you know what? I'm going to commit the fraud. Once the people, if the people discover the criminality, you caught me. But if you don't catch me, catch me if you can. I mean, that's basically what it's saying is that we are okay with people getting away with criminality as long as it's not caught, but they don't think it's their responsibility when they're on notice of a fraud to call it out. That's what they're saying, Jay. I mean, it's really, it's really horrific when you, when you explain it like that because that's exactly what it is. And I know we've been on this for a minute now, but can we also just briefly talk about the outlets that got this "quote unquote" exclusive from Santos? It was Brett, the New York Post, and Fox News, both owned yeah, and, by and like Rupert a conservative Murdoch. radio station. Yeah, that's who we went to. We knew there'd be softballs, right? Or that they wouldn't. And, and to his point, like they didn't quite even bring up some of the most kind of criminal 
things of the element. Like they don't get into the bigger problems with Santos. They don't get into his real issues of potential immigration fraud here. They don't really lock down his true criminal status in Brazil. Like the guy is reportedly a fugitive and they just take his word. Oh, he said that's not true. He said that's not true. So, In, the, in fact, they bend over backwards in this article to, to prove where he has told the truth and then been questioned about that, such as his relationship now, um, I, I believe he's married to another man and previously he was married to a woman. So his sexual identity or orientation sort of came into question. And the way they try to frame it, relationship. Jay, is, is to your point is like, look, this is a wacky loser. But let's just let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a wacky loser, but they didn't get which is one not the case. I mean, th this is some disgusting, despicable stuff. Even if you just left it at what's in the article, it's beyond disqualifying. But where they didn't go and where the media needs to go constantly is where did you get your money from? How are mm -hmm. who are your clients? Who paid you over a million dollars when you had zero dollars, essentially, when you were doing GoFundMe fundraising the the year before? Where were you? Where was your money coming from? And that's the key question that needs to be. And Ben, they need to be relentless as well. Like every time you get one of these New York Republicans or Republican Congress people on your TV show, you should press them every single time. Do you think that George Santos should resign? Why hasn't George Santos resigned? Hold their feet to the fire and make them actually answer the question and make them force this guy to step down because it's on them. And, and you need to really, you can't just forget about the story. It can't be a side issue. I mean, this is really important and it's honestly a national security threat. It's it's far more than just like, oh, he told some fibs. Oh, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? You know, I, I kind of want to skip around our, our show just a little bit because we were speaking about Kevin McCarthy before. And and just how spineless the Republicans in specifically, and they're all spineless, but specifically how spineless the Republicans in the House are right now. And you even have right now, you have Republican senators calling it out. This was in the context of that omnibus spending bill, which Kevin McCarthy made a whole stink about because you have Kevin McCarthy right now desperate for the votes that he needs to become House Speaker. Guy is absolutely desperate. He currently does not have the votes. They're deciding this pretty soon after the new year, and he is trying to appease Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and all these people. So he's trying to be a MAGA extremist. Everyone knows he's a fake and a fraud, including MAGA. If you see the things they say about Kevin McCarthy on these MAGA extremist boards, they just ruthlessly mock the guy day in and day out. So he is trying to appease these people while the Senate is actually still trying to get stuff done to the extent that they can. And the Senate Republicans on the whole view the House Republicans and view Kevin McCarthy as complete and total clowns. So in the context of this omnibus spending bill, you had this senator from North Dakota, Republican Kevin Kramer, slamming Kevin McCarthy's threat to block the omnibus bill and block any bill. This was Kevin McCarthy's threat. I'm going to block any bill by any Republican who votes for the government spending omnibus bill. That's his, his like mafia style threat. That's what Kevin McCarthy speaks now. And so you have Kramer speaking to CNN, Manu and he just completely mocks McCarthy here. I'll play the clip and we could talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it right after. Kevin's in a tough spot, but I don't think it's the type of rhetoric that that further endears the public to the process or to the institution of Congress. In fact, I think it probably 
you know, statements like that and statements coming from House Republicans is the very reason that some, de- some Senate Republicans feel they probably should spare them from the burden of having to govern. Spare Senate- them. <laughs> spare them. And that I wanted to play it now because I think that right there is thematically going to come up a lot in this episode, that you have Senate Republicans and Democrats, everybody else aside from these extremist MAGA lunatics, sparing the Republicans from what he calls the burden of having to govern because they can't govern. <laughs> so all they do is they do these ridiculous stunts that we'll get into the Abbott human trafficking stunt, the Santos fake stories, the Mr. Potato Head stuff. They do all this crazy stuff and they rile people up and they do, they, they go out there, they refuse to clap for Zelensky, for Zelensky. They make all this noise. They make all this drama. Pronouns. Why? We're angry pronouns about pronouns. Because they cannot govern. They have no ability to govern. And I think Kevin Kramer, who I disagree with 99.999% of the time, who's taken some horrific stances in his life, he, I think, said it best there. He said it he best. Really he really said it perfectly. He really said it like it was like poetic. Spare them from the burden of having to govern. Like, like look, we, we need some adults here and we're going to have to make this deal with Democrats right now. And the deal, the 1.7 omnibus spending bill, basically stops the uh, MAGA Republicans in the House from really doing anything for all, for at least for at least a year, because they gave like extra funding in there, realizing that these House <laughs> yeah they were like house, okay let's give let's give extra money to the FBI yeah, right yeah. now okay let's let's, let's just get- deal with this <laughs> that's what they did they all made a deal and they said look these people. We need to spare them from the burden of governing because they don't know what they're doing. They're going to come here every day and talk about Mr. Potato Head and woke this and woke that and Dr. Seuss. And they're going to get all riled up about pronouns and they're not going to actually deal with issues that are confronting the American people. So we just got to fund our government because these people are going to destroy it. I mean, that's that's what the that's that's what the deal was. (laughs) It's such no, it's I, such a good point, Brett. Um, you know, one of the other things that I think Brett, you you made this point about, we need to make sure we know where all Republicans stand, where all of the House members stand relative to Santos. These types of litmus tests are very important because if you support Santos, what that tells me is that you're a traitor. It's very simple to me. If you support Santos, it tells me you are a traitor. You don't support our democracy. You are okay with frauds. You are okay with the destruction of our democracy. You're okay with the destruction of our institutions. It's why we highlight, and the large media networks don't do this, but it's why we highlight what Trump is posting because he's still the leader of the current MAGA Republican Party. And so you can't and you shouldn't ignore it. I wish that large media network showed that Donald Trump is calling for more insurrections, that he's threatening the life of the special counsel, Jack Smith, and his family, that he is attacking these people each and every day because you can't and shouldn't close your eyes and cover your ears to fascism. We need to not normalize 
the existence of the MAGA Republican Party. We need to call it out each and every day. It's the lack of calling it out that has allowed it to build their own media networks and their own echo chambers and allows Fox to get away with it while large media networks both sides the issue. That's why we cover it. And that's why the same thing, like what the media would always do is they would let the Republicans just, you know, Donald Trump said this, what do you think about it? Well, uh, I'm not going to comment on it. Okay, let's go to the next question. I would say no. I'm not going to ask another question. Do you support it or do you not support it? And if you as a media network are not going to ask the guest those questions, then just don't put them on your network. Like you, you don't need to be their propaganda arm. They have Fox. You don't need to perpetuate it. So if you want to do your job as journalists, ask the tough questions or just don't have them on. That's fine, but don't have them on and let them spew the talking points. Brett, I don't know if you have any other comments there, but that takes me to the next one, talking about litmus test, which is Kerry Lake, right? Kerry Lake comes from this MAGA extremism, traitorous world, and it's the same thing. If you support what Kerry Lake is doing, what that tells me is that you support fascism. With that, if you are okay with Kerry Lake becoming a governor, that tells me that you are done with democracy if you support someone who has spewed the most hateful, venomous, anti-democracy, and frankly, just weird and bizarre rhetoric, even before the election, basically saying that she would only accept the results if she won. I mean, it's like a direct quote from her. She filed a lawsuit against the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors before the election even took place, saying that they don't have paper ballots when they did. And now her whole claim was that the paper ballots, which she claimed didn't exist, were 20 inches instead of 19 inches. And then that somehow changed the overall results. And it was an intentional conspiracy. Any legal observer who was watching what Carrie Lake was doing would tell you that it was the most frivolous and meritless case that she's filed yet. I don't know. She filed the other lawsuit I just talked about. So it's hard. Pretty yeah, there's more in meritless and carry but utterly frivolous. And I would say not the most frivolous and meritless case ever. You got Trump filing lawsuits against the Pulitzer, against New York Attorney General Letitia James, alleging who even knows what he's alleging to stop her from conducting discovery, follow filing Rico racketeering lawsuits where he's getting sanctioned. So lots of frivolous lawsuits. But you saw, Brett, the Ma- and Jordy, the MAGA extremist echo chamber watching this trial. And they were like, woohoo! Like, first off, just like weird stuff. Like, woo-hoo! legitimately applauding like, in a room. Like, I don't have the clip right now, but like full on celebrations. Oh, we're going to trial. We're going to trial. Like, like, like bizarre. Like, you show that to any normal American. And they will be like, these are some weirdos, man. This is some <laughs> weird stuff going on. And they never, they, they, she, she would have to prove that all 17,000 votes that she lost by were intentionally manipulated through her conspiracy theory that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, led by Republicans, manipulated the printing tabulation machines to change the results so that 
Carrie Lake would lose and Katie Hobbs would win, and that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Republicans, also engaged in chain of custody violations to intentionally manipulate the vote to substitute votes away from Carrie Lake in favor of Katie Hobbs. The judge is a Republican appointed judge, by the way, too. A Republican governor appointed the judge. Republican Board of Supervisors. Rhino, Democrat, Rhino. Yeah, Ben, 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 they're all rhinos. You're you're missing that. Republican judge. And what they now say that she lost, and she's now facing sanctions, where she goes. Do we have the post that she made where she claims that what really took place here is that Mark Elias was involved and that left-wing lawyers were engaged in ghostwriting the judicial opinion of the Republican judge so that Carrie Lake would lose? This is sheer madness, people. And this isn't like a political discussion, right? Like this isn't, oh, well, the Democrats believe in this and the Republicans think, well, here's a better approach to education. Uh, here's a better approach to health. Because This is some batshit crazy stuff. I'll have discussions with you from the standpoint of pro-normal, pro-democracy, traditional democratic Republican views over the economy. I'll have those. I, I long for those discussions. But if you're telling me that Carrie Lake goes around and says, this is conservatism, this is a conservative principle, and large media networks are like, oh, the far right conservative. It's not conservative. This is literal madness. This is fascism. Call it out, folks. We had the other day, we saw Mark Elias. You know, I think everybody at this point knows Mark Elias he runs Democracy Docket. He's one of the top elections attorneys who defeated Trump in court countless, countless times. He's been a guest on this show. He posted the other day, a, a, I think I believe it was a Bloomberg article about his cases. And this is what Bloomberg said. They said, so far, at least 157 lawsuits were filed by partisans and more are likely after election day, according to Democracy Docket. And this is how Bloomberg described Democracy Docket, who's defending against these frivolous fascist cases. Democracy Docket, a quote, left-leaning group that tracks the cases. Now, I just don't understand this left-right framing when it comes to issues that are so fundamental, like the person with the most votes wins the election. I hate that framing so much in the media. I hate that that's baked into, oh, well, the list, this is the side on the left. This is the side of the Democrats, and this is the side of the Republicans. Like, at a certain point, can we stop that framing media? Can we stop and could we say, hey, listen, this is the people who actually support democracy and support free and fair elections. And these are the people who want to overthrow our democratic system entirely. And it feels like you have these MAGA people now who just see, you know, they only see benefits of both sides. It's like, okay, I could either keep doing my fascist thing and and press forward. And if I win, guess what? I get to be the fascist leader and I get to rule, do whatever I want. But if I lose, guess what? I get to say I won and I get to keep raising money and getting donations from people and I get to keep mooching off them. So what's there to lose? I should just keep fighting. My people aren't going to leave me. And I, I always, this is, you know, like, you know, uh, the TikTok, uh, how people say like my toxic trait is XYZ. Like my toxic trait is thinking that <laughs> yes. thinking that I could do that stunt, you know, thinking I could jump out of the plane and do whatever. 
my I think my toxic trait is thinking that I could convince some of these MAGA Republicans that they are the marks, that they are the ones who are the victims here of people like Carrie Lake because they listen, they sit there in their echo chambers, they listen to Charlie Kirk, they listen to Carrie Lake, they listen to them misconstrue what happened in court and say, things are going great, guys. Things are going great. You should have seen. They proved it in court. Oh, the Maricopa admitted fraud. They admitted they, they they admitted it. They admitted it. Then they spread all that stuff around, and then reality strikes. The ruling comes in, and they go, "It's rigged." What? How could they? But they. But Charlie Kirk said. But Charlie Kirk told me that they admitted it. We had a slam dunk case. What are you talking? Fraud. Oh, Mark Elias must be working with the judge. Can you sit back and realize you are the ones being lied to? You are giving your money to con artists. You are giving your money to frauds. They are laughing at you. They are laughing at you and you are eating it up and you are applauding them while they do it, while they pick your pocket. It's it's just an insane thing to watch. I just want to get through to one of these people and say, listen, you are the person being victimized by these people. But instead of having any sort of self-reflection, they go to all those culture war things and they start blaming pronouns, the Democrat, whatever they want. And that's why Republicans are so successful with this. And that's why they're able to control this cult of MAGA that they have on their hands. I don't think it's that much of a toxic trait because I, 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 <laughs> I have hope, you know, when we do those videos about the mass exodus of people away from MAGA. You know what I I notice a lot too though Brett I guess to your point it is very hard to convince a very hardened maga person to leave. Well Ben it remember we, we were trading texts the other day. Remember when I I I would send Ben and Jordy some texts of some of the responses to Carrie like losing the election uh, losing the 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 case in court. And some of the mm-hmm. responses, these are just random people. So I, I didn't quite put them on blast publicly, but I, we mocked Ben and I and, and Jordy and I mocked them in our text messages. Um, but like one of the people <laughs> said, they were like, oh, this is not the end of it. Carrie Lake is taking this to the Supreme Court. Not only is Katie Hobbs going to lose the election, she is going to go to prison. <laughs> and we were like, yo. Mm. yo. Yeah, we're not going to convince that person, but but there are people, I think a lot of people who weren't involved in the political process or people who weren't very strongly entrenched one way or the other, who see the weirdness. And it is important to call it weird. It's important to call it dangerous. It's important to call it fascist, but it's also straight up important to call it weird because one of the things that I think is important too in the political process though is you want to say, hey, is this a kind of group of people who I'd want to spend some time with? Is this the kind of people I'd want to grab some coffee with? Is this people I'd want to invite over to my house? or to my apartment, or I'd show up to their house and have a conversation. If I could, these people on a Friday night, if I wasn't doing anything, would I want to hang out with? And on the one hand, I think if you look at pro-democracy, pro-normal, you know, we probably just want to watch a movie to begin with if you hang out. Like if, if you come over, we'd probably be like, hey, you want to watch something on TV or want to, want to grab a bite to eat or, you know, 
if you were to do that with the MAGA Republicans, they'd basically be like, lock her up, lock her up. And they'd be like going around and chanting, you know, and they'd be like, fraud, fraud, fraud. Where's the mule? Find the mules. You'd be like, all right, I got to get out of this house. Find like, the I mules. can't, I can't, I can't hang out. Or, I can't hang out around here. What's going on here? Overthrow the government. We're going to take back it. You know, it's like, okay, like relax. Like what? talking about here, you know, and I think it's an important dichotomy to bring. And though that's what the importance of, of while we point out, this is what Carrie Lake is doing. This is what Trump is doing. This is what Santos is doing. This is what Kevin McCarthy is doing. But then what we do here, which I think is important, this is how President Biden spent his holidays. This is how he mm -hmm. spent Christmas. Here's what Democrats have been fighting for. You know, Democrats have been fighting to raise the minimum wage so that it's more than a living wage so that you can have a wage with dignity. Democrats are fighting in the omnibus spending bill to make sure we can improve your working conditions. You know, we want to protect pregnant people as well. And that's a major part of the bill, one of the things that were there to give important work protections there. You know, Democrats are fighting for infrastructure. Democrats are fighting for healthcare. How do we lower prescription drug prices for people? How do we make sure that you can get life-saving treatment you need to save your life? How do we make sure we protect a woman's right to choose for her bodily autonomy? How do we protect the right for people to get married to who they love without a MAGA Republican coming in and trying to not just break up a wedding, but to like arrest people? Like these are solutions and things that Democrats are talking about and fighting for every single day, while MAGA Republicans are fighting over the 2020 election to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. And they are attacking Republican judges, Republican Board of Supervisors. They are trying to overthrow our dem democratic institutions, small d democratic institutions. It's that contrast there. And is the contrast any starker, Brett, than what took place this weekend as well with Texas Governor Greg Abbott? I call it human trafficking because that's what it is. Let's not beat around the bush here and say, oh, we gave people a ride to Washington, D.C. No. Uh, uh, Governor Greg Abbott engaged in human trafficking where he kidnapped 100 asylum seekers in the state of Texas, loaded them on buses, and dumped them in the streets in freezing cold weather in Washington, D.C., in front of Vice President Harris's residence in the freezing, freezing weather. They, they don't have documents. They're not told where they're going. Mind you, these are asylum seekers also. These are people who fled their country because they would be killed in their country, potentially. They come to the United States of America for a punk trader governor like Greg Abbott to engage in these performative torture rituals and to then fist bump each other that they've caused all of this human suffering. 
on Christmas, on any day, it would be horrific. And then they want to call themselves Christians. It is the most disgusting thing in the world. They want to invoke the imagery of religion and Christianity, you know, of a family. Meanwhile, they are treating human beings worse than cattle so that they could play with people's lives and go, oh, we owned the libs there. We own the libs. This is criminal. This is absolutely disgusting. Brett and Jordy, what'd you think about it? Yeah. I mean, my, in my astute political analysis, I uh, want to say Greg Abbott is a piece of shit. Uh, honestly, like I, I, I can't even say it much no. better than that because it, it's really just such a horrific stunt to play with people's lives like that is just so beneath contempt. And I can't even imagine the struggles that these people are going through that even makes them cross the border to seek asylum in the first place. And then to be loaded onto a bus sent to temperatures where it's in the teens, where they're just wearing t-shirts and, and shorts. And meanwhile, like there are systems in place. The federal government has systems in place. They've also given billions of dollars to states like Texas to manage this sort of things. There are facilities that they need to go to. There are paperwork that they need to get. There are actual things that could help here and help the immigration system and help these people, but they refuse to do that. And one of the things though that we see every time something like this happens is that there are groups out there who are willing to help. So we saw a, a first response group, SAMU in DC, step right on in in DC to provide asylum to these, uh, to provide humanitarian assistance to these asylum seekers. And so I think that shows a little bit of the better of society there. And also this, proves nothing. All they're doing this for is a Fox News hit. They get to laugh about it because they're sick and disgusting while they say their prayers on Christmas. The whole thing is absolutely disgusting, but they do it for a Fox News hit. It doesn't inconvenience. I'm telling you, it doesn't inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Aside from the fact that Kamala Harris, the vice president, is probably extremely disturbed by this as well and sickened by this as well. You're not affecting her life. Like you're just doing this for an absolute disgusting stunt. Then you have people, the MAGA losers who come out like Tommy Lauren, who say, quote, I hope Kamala Harris is enjoying her Christmas gifts. Send more just to be sure. And this loser who founded mm -hmm. students for Trump, Ryan Fournier, Fournier, I don't know. Governor Abbott gave Kamala Harris the best Christmas gifts of all. A busload of illegal immigrants delivered straight to her door last night. A couple of laughing face emojis. Once again, these weren't illegal immigrants. These weren't undocumented immigrants. These were asylum seekers who were trying to get help, who were trying to better their lives. And this is how you treat them on Christmas of all days. And like Ben said, any day, it's it's absolutely disgusting. We saw a response from the White House today, which I thought was blunt and to the point, and I'm glad they called it out, where a uh, White House spokesman said, Governor Abbott abandoned children on the side of the road and below freezing temperatures on Christmas Eve without coordinating with any federal or local authorities. This was a cruel, dangerous, and shameful stunt. And my only main criticism that I have here for the federal government when it comes to these things is I would like to see swift and immediate action against everybody involved in all of these schemes. I would like to see DOJ action against the people who coordinate these human trafficking schemes. I would like to see mm -hmm. people like Governor Abbott. I would like to see people like DeSantis. I would like to see the people, the companies that they commission to drive the buses to do. I would like to see accountability here because if you do not have that layer of accountability when it comes to these stunts, they're going to continue to do them. They're going to continue to mock the system and laugh at you. And they're going to continue most importantly to hurt people in the process.
Jordy, I want to toss it to you in a second, but you raise a great point that I don't want to lose, Brett, because one of the unprecedented nature of this is that you have governors essentially abusing the federalist system and the sovereign interstate sovereign immunity that they have to become criminals. It's a very strange thing where your governor is a human trafficker and bragging about being a human trafficker. Um, and it creates issues with what's the role of the federal government vis-a-vis a governor who should be arrested, who should be prosecuted. But how do you deal with the fact that there is sovereign immunity and state sovereign immunity, even though there's a supremacy clause? What do you do when your governor is actually an active criminal engaged in in, in human trafficking like that? So, But to your point, Brett, Anybody involved in it, you know, and here's the thing too, though. I don't know if the bus driver knew what was going on or didn't know. I don't know if the bus company knew what was going on and didn't. I certainly wouldn't want to prosecute if they are, if they are innocent, you know, but if they are complicit in it, I think that you definitely hold everyone accountable and responsible for human trafficking to the maximum extent of the law. And before passing it to you, Jordy, as well, you know, Democrats want comprehensive immigration reform. Republicans don't. Republicans like this. They want to keep this condition. They want to keep treating immigrants like dirt because they think that appeals to their base. Once you actually solve the situation, it is not to their benefit. It it becomes an issue that they feel like it's a losing issue once you solve the problem. So every time Democrats say, here's how we could deal with this compassionately, here's how we deal with it, where there are millions of jobs, at least a million jobs, but that actually are needed to be filled right now. And there's a way and a need to help our economy to be compassionate about this to everybody and then to enforce the border in a way that's compassionate and deals with the issue systemically. Republicans are never going to agree to that. They never are going to come to the table. Instead, they're going to do this. Jay? Because any... Sorry, Jordy. Can I? Can I? Please, Please. take it. Take it away. Awesome. Take, take it away. Take it away. No, I, 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 I want to highlight because this is such a serious topic. I, I just want to highlight a word that I used earlier in this episode. It's sad. This entire situation is sad, even beyond just traditional Republican or Democrat values. That Greg Abbott looks at other human beings and says to himself, "Ah, I know what I'll do on Christmas Eve. Yes, I got it. I will bust these other human beings." from X location all the way to Y location, that will show them. That will show the Democratic establishment. That will show Vice President Harris. That will show President Biden. I I got it. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll bust these human beings on Christmas Eve from Texas to DC. And let's also, even beyond the holiday, it was freezing, like historically cold across the United States this weekend. I think the coldest has actually ever been on record to date as, as as a country this time of year. People died. American citizens died while this stunt was occurring. And Abbott, Abbott looks at these human beings and says, 
I'm, I'm going to bust these people. And what was Abbott's backup plan if one of those buses breaks down from Texas to D.C.? Like just in the middle of this on some random highway? We, it's, it's a fake question. He doesn't have a backup plan. These people, these other human beings, the, 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 these children, there were children, there were babies on that bus. They, they freeze. They freeze and they're frozen and they're stranded. And Greg Abbott gets to wipe his hands and whatever. And because Fox News won't cover it then. And that's what he gets away with. And let's all let's also not forget, this is just a huge distraction. Like on a macro level, he's trying to distract from the fact that Texas, of, of his own attacks on the LGBTQ community, his efforts to ban abortion in Texas, Abbott's unwillingness to pass common sense gun reform legislation, or his attempt to suppress voting, and, and just so much more. And the media, man. The meat, I, I, and I, I look, I look more at, at just folks who consider themselves pro-democracy, right? Who at least pretend to espouse those views. How aren't you holding his feet to the fire on this? Where are you? And Jordy, you also have like Texas going through real serious, serious, serious issues right now. I mean, you have more than a hundred thousand Texans over the weekend didn't even have power despite Greg Abbott constantly every single day saying the grid's fine, the grid's fine. Dude hasn't done one iota to help the grid at all because they don't believe in actual infrastructure and solving problems. The, they can't have the burden of governing, as that Republican senator said. They can't handle it. And to Ben's point, when he said, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> to, to, to Ben's point, with the burden of governing is that I'm totally lost my thought completely on this. <laughs> well, look, I raise, look, let's be very clear. I raise a lot of really, really good points and I'm sure whatever the point was, I was going to. It was a really I, good one too. When it comes I back to me. I absolutely going to be agreeing with you. And I think I, and I think I crushed it for Brett. Great point there though, that Greg Abbott absolutely is not taking care of his own grid. They're completely incompetent. And instead, they want to spend money engaged in these performative torture gestures. And meanwhile, while there is this great freeze taking place across our country, you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's out there vacationing in Costa Rica. Now, look, any lawmaker is entitled to vacation. I'm not saying that they that they can't vacation, but one of the things that she's always railed against is what's called proxy voting. In fact, she's introduced legislation that would force lawmakers to show up and to vote in person. That's one of her big gripes with Nancy Pelosi and she the one thing that she the only issue that she's actually focused on, I think, and actually introduced. Um, it's like a, the one a, bill a, she sponsored. <laughs> the one thing she's actually sponsored is this anti-proxy voting, which would require people to show up in person. So what does she do during this uh, dangerous and deadly uh uh, freeze that's spread across our country. She goes to Costa Rica and then she uh, does proxy voting to vote against um, the um, omnibus uh, bill. The, omin the omnibus bus bill. The ominous bill. And then you have people like Republican Mike Garcia, who like, then he writes, to make matters worse, referring to the omnibus bill, he goes, only half the elected members of Congress are here to vote on the oversized spending bill. And meanwhile, he was like a proxy for like, what was he a proxy for? There was like uh, 31 Republicans that, that he was like the proxy for as well. I mean, 
it highlights the further hypocrisy here of what's going on. You know, the one thing that she says is, look, lawmakers need to show up in person. And and honestly, it's, it's a strange one to really championing. But like, I could have a debate with that where you could say, you know what, this is a very important, like, Let's have a real conversation with Marjorie Taylor Greene on that one issue, right? Like when you think about it, is it that outrageous of a request to say, if you're a lawmaker, you take lots of breaks and vacations anyway, when major legislation occurs, your job is to vote on legislation. So show up in person, right? I can have that discussion and go, well, at the end of the day, if they're still voting, they're voting. They literally have to go there. And the whole proxy legislation rule was put in place during a global pandemic. Um, and that's when Marjorie Taylor Greene opposed it, you know, during the height of the pandemic when people were saying, look, we don't want to force lawmakers to come in and get sick. That's when Marjorie Taylor Greene was like, no, we want them to come in and get sick. That's when she championed in that bill. But if conditions get better, I could say, do we need proxy voting? But then they're all hypocrites. They go against what they put forward anyway. They're like, yeah, I'm going to vote by proxy. I'm going to Costa Rica. See you later. Now that uh, now that they are potentially, you know, now that they are in the majority, who knows if they're yeah. going to be able to govern it all. And Brett's putting photos of, uh, of her. Yeah, it's, and once again, it's it's not the fact that she's going on vacation. Like even even insurrectionists are allowed to go on vacation. Apparently, <laughs> like like I, I it's everyone deserves a vacation, like straight up. But it's the fact that she has eschewed proxy voting nonstop. She literally sponsored the bill against it. And then she decides to go on vacation a week early before the end of the session as a bill was coming to the floor, a bill that she described as like the most heinous and destructive bill in American history. It's a bit horrible. And she flees the country instead of voting on that bill in person. And then she votes by, pro by proxy like the hypocrite she is. And I remembered what I was going to say before. It's, it has to do with the burden of voting. This is where I lost my train of thought. I knew you'd it's get it back. Anytime that there is a genuine effort put forth to try to solve an issue, and let's go back to immigration for a second. You put a bill that lays out, because there's there's got to be compromise in that bill for anything. First, like we need a system that allows undocumented immigrants who are in this country, you need a pathway to citizenship. It's something that's necessary if you're going to fix the immigration problem. The second Democrats propose that in a comprehensive bill that includes more border security, that includes a pathway to citizenship, that fixes all the issues in our immigration system. And sure, there are plenty of issues with our immigration system. Absolutely. The second that hits the floor, Republicans, amnesty, amnesty, they want illegals to pour through our boy. It just becomes this disingenuous fighting and screaming match where they twist everything because once again, they cannot handle the burden of governing. They could only kind of throw shit at the wall and that's all they have the ability to do. They cannot actually go and have a reasonable debate on legislation because they are co-opted by the extremists in their party who threaten to primary them and have this just disgusting extremist strain and hold them hostage. We speak about frequently how does Kevin McCarthy really have power? And we've landed on no.
Kevin McCarthy is a puppet to these extremist people. And honestly, none of these Republicans at the end of the day really have any power ultimately. They just have to placate their base and it is resulting in a destruction of the country. It results in no legislation coming from the Republican Party, which is why that Democrats and the few reasonable Senate Republicans out there have to actually carry this legislation across the finish line. Brett, think about when Trump was in office. I mean, and don't vomit, but think about it for just a quick second. Uh, when, when, when Trump was talking about infrastructure and you had the Republicans controlling the Senate at the time, you had the Democrats controlling the House, and he said there was going to be an infrastructure bill every, you know, every week. And I think, you know, even before that, he had control of of, of all levers of government even before that. But where was the, you know, there would have been an infrastructure bill, but they literally can't govern. They couldn't they couldn't put the words on a piece of paper to then pass the legislation that actually would have been supported. It's a good point. They had control of the House and the Senate. Trump was president. They could have (laughs) passed whatever they want. They they could have passed, they could have come together and been like, okay, we're going to be the most productive. Like they are envious. They got to be envious right now inside, deep inside, not what they say on TV of how damn productive this last Congress was. This Democratic Congress over the past two years in the face of incredible adversity, in the face of incredible tension between the parties passed more legislation than we've seen in decades and legislation that is going to help people immeasurably. And Republicans had that opportunity and they got one bill through. And what was the one bill? Tax cuts for billionaires. That's what they landed on. Despite Tax increases for other Americans too. Like I, I think that's an important point too, is that they, they probably increased your taxes. Unless you are a billionaire or a decamillionaire or a millionaire, your taxes most likely increased and would continue to increase under Trump. Like it is the biggest wealth distribution plan of working class, middle class, hardworking Americans to billionaires. They were high fiving. We've got the billionaires more private jets. We got the billionaires more private jets. And they're like, all right, let's talk about pronouns. Let's talk about green M&M. Let's distract all of these people while we can get the billionaires more stuff. Let's throw all the money. Let's make them even richer than they already are. Look, you, you could be a billionaire. That's great. But you're fighting your political party. The one thing you're fighting for is to let them have 18 jets, you know, and not focus on how we can help the middle class, working class Americans. But I digress. We could have a whole Midas Touch podcast episode on that alone. And finally, Jair Bolsonaro is skipping the inauguration of Lula da Silva because that's what they do. They just, they, the losers, they can't, it's like such a Trump move that you can't actually just show up. And so Bolsonaro will be not at the inauguration. He'll be spending it at Mar-a-Lago with, I'm sure, the cast of other losers Stop like it. Donald Trump and Harry Like This is, this, this this is true. I mean, the biggest that feels like an S- that feels like an SNL joke from like we can update. No, and Bolsonaro. No, 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 no. Are you I, kidding I mean, me? There's just just the biggest losers, like a, a, a combination of just anti-democracy, fascist wannabe losers, all congregating at Mar-a-Lago. Um, 
lot, uh, lot, lot going on this week. A lot going on this week. Look forward to uh, spending more time with all the Midas Mighty on Thursday. The Midas Touch podcast does not stop, but I hope you all got to spend a, a good deal of time with friends or family or got to rest and relax a little bit over the holidays. So again, want to wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If we don't see again before the New Year's, we'll be here, we'll be around, but if you're traveling or not going to be turning on your devices, make sure you have a happy new year's make sure you subscribe we're almost at eight hundred thousand subscribers wow. um, on our youtube channel we should hit eight hundred thousand very soon so make sure you hit the subscribe button there also we're close to one million subscribers on our twitter one million followers on twitter so check out our twitter if you don't follow us there or if you don't want to go on twitter i don't blame you but if you do you could uh, follow we're us also on twitter. all the others too we're at, we're on- like literally you should see it now like our, our social media operation right now it's just a billion taps. I like I look like like a beautiful mind or something with just a million. My 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 desktop is just covered in different browsers and tabs. I got post open, I got Mastodon open, I got Twitter open, I got Instagram open, I got YouTube open, Facebook open, you know, TikTok, it's everything. Find yeah, us everywhere at Midas Touch, wherever you are. What also <laughs> you may have open is Patreon. So we are not funded by any outside investors at the Midas Touch network. So none of the people who fund the large media networks who, by the way, we don't just compete against. We often beat them in views each day and engagement each day. And it's important to build this pro-democracy, unapologetically pro-democracy community. So we're 100% independent. We are 100% accountable to you. And the way we do it is a very interesting model. We're 100% crowdfunded. And so if you want to support the Midas Touch Network, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We have lots of exclusive content. You could only get on our Patreon site, like exclusive podcasts, exclusive behind the scenes footage. There's even a membership tier where you could become an honorary producer of this Midas Touch podcast. Your name appears in perpetuity. As long as YouTube exists, your name will appear on our uh, podcast broadcasts that we do on YouTube. You'll see your name right here as it's being displayed right now. You also get a poster confirming you're an honorary producer and you get postcards and so much more. So check it out, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And even if you're already a member, one of the things you can do as a New Year's present or a gift or just in general, you can get a membership in someone else's name, become an honorary producer in someone else's name um, and give that gift. I think it's a great gift. Also, you check out store.midastouch.com for the best unapologetically pro-democracy gear. We are displaying right now on the screen the It Wasn't Rigged, You're Just a Loser shirt. That one seems particularly salient right here's, now. Here's a question for you, Ben. If, if I wanted to send this to a certain failure of a gubernatorial MAGA Republican candidate, do I, I, I know I can, I'm not going to be able to find her in any sort of state capital in Arizona. She's definitely not. Do I just send a few to Mar-a-Lago? Is she just there now? Like, should I just, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> Bolsonaro could get one, Trump could get one, Carrie Lake, or should I just like direct them to store.midastouch.com? Or- I would buy it on store.midastouch.com of yourself. I would then take a photo of yourself okay. wearing store.midas, the gear 
and then I would send the gear. You can blur out your face as well when you send it. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I really didn't know. I thought it through. How no, this I would is good. It. This is good. I like it. So nice. go to store.midastouch.com. There's a lot of other gear. We got the Convict or Convict 45 shirts as well and so much more. Person, woman, man, camera, prison shirt. Go check it out, store.midastouch.com. From the bottom of all of our hearts, we want to thank all the Midas Mighty for watching, for supporting the Midas Touch Network. This network, this movement is nothing without you. You are the reason that we are so motivated each and every day to build this unapologetically pro-democracy movement and to keep working super, super hard. None of this is possible without you. So from the bottom of all of our hearts, thank you all so, so much for being a part of this movement. We're so grateful for you. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis, joined by my brothers, Brett and Jordy Micellis. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.